Well, good morning. Thanks uh, for those of you who braved it out in the cold. Thank you for those of you who are worshiping uh, from the comfort of your living room. Uh, and we just want to celebrate today. Today is supposed to be our congregational meeting where we also affirm elders. Because of the weather, we're going to bump that affirmation back to next week. But I'm still going to give you the update that we generally give you at a congregational meeting uh, in sermon form today. So, uh, and if you are at home, uh, you can also go to ecc.life and you can download the documents that people got today when they walked in today uh, that, uh, that follow along with what I'm going to be talking about. So when we look at 2020 as a year in review, uh, I think it'd be helpful to look at our church as a doctor would look at a patient. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I did spend the first week here in Columbus at a Holiday Inn Express while we were waiting to move into our house, and so I think that qualifies me to make this assessment. I will simply say this, our church is healing. I think when 2020 started that our church was in critical condition in the ICU. We had a difficult transition. Uh, we had a lot of things going on. There were a lot of people who had experienced hurt. Uh, and it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that we were in tough condition. And then as the year went on, then at some point our church caught COVID. Not technically caught COVID, but you understand that every church is trying to figure out how to navigate the realities of COVID and how that has decimated so many things in churches. And then as we continued on throughout the rest of the year with that sickness and with that COVID, eventually we started to heal and we've been healing along. And what I'd say about us now is I think that East Point is out of the hospital. Yeah, that is worth celebrating. And I think right now we're in physical therapy. Now, I'm married to physical therapy, and I can tell you that that PT, that's not actually what PT stands for. PT stands for pain and torture, okay? But God has called us to run a marathon. And from the condition we were in to the condition of being able to run a marathon is a heck of a journey. It's a great journey. It's a long journey, but it's a journey worth making, and so I am not going to declare to you that, man, this is going to be easy, this is going to be quick, we're going to be back to healthy in no time. We don't even know how long this whole thing with COVID is going to last. But what I can tell you is that God has been faithful to do a healing work in this church. He is faithful to continue to work to do a healing life in, in people. And we have seen Him do that in 2020 behind the scenes in a lot of ways, and we rejoice in that. So what are some of the things that we saw happen? Some of the milestones that we hit here at East Point. Well, first, we transitioned to being able to do a service completely live stream. We really didn't have a choice, but our good volunteers and our good staff worked that out. And that was a great step forward. I don't think we would have been able to get through 2020 without that step. And I'm very grateful for that. One of the things that I rejoice most in is our preschool, East Point Preschool. And that when I came on staff here in, in August, Kelly, our director, came to me and just said, hey, like, what do you want me to do at the preschool? Right now we're sitting at 17 students and we're supposed to launch in two weeks. And our, ca our cap is 40, so less than half full. What do we do with that? A lot of other preschools were shutting down and just said, Kelly, what do you think? 
you know, what, what do you think? And she's like, I want to give it a go. And I said, well, let's give it a go. Let's do some advertising. Let's get word out there that we're open and that we have space. Two weeks ago, we capped out at 40 students in our preschool. And, and the coolest thing about that is that we have five other nationalities besides American in that preschool. We tease that it has become the East Point International Preschool. But what a, what a great celebration, what a great sign of God's work in us, that we are beginning to reach our neighbors where God has placed us, where God has called us to be in this diverse area. Man, the preschool is leading the way, and I can't wait to follow down that path. We also made a, a critical decision that even though our budget was beyond tight, our budget was tighter than spandex in Walmart. I don't need to say any more. Even though our elders made a critical decision to say, you know what, we think that our missions giving needs to be at 10% instead of at 6%. And we don't think that, uh, we think we need to do that to obey God. And so we made that decision back in September. Uh, and, and, and that's not an easy thing to make. That's not an easy decision to make. But we made that decision. And as a result, we get to celebrate that. In February, and we've got a slide for this, I believe, we are going to have uh, the first celebration of this where we get to pack 16,000 meals on Sunday, February 28th, and we are celebrating it by calling it the Joe Sims Memorial Meal Pack event. Joe Sims was, Joe Sims was a longtime elder here, and he was someone whose grandson, uh, of course, leads up Lifeline Christian Mission, and we just thought that was the most fitting way to do that. And so we're going to celebrate that, and that's going to go to help hurricane victims, uh, and I'm trying to remember which Central American country it is in right now, but we'll get there, uh, and, uh, and we will certainly pack those meals on February 28th. We'll have a link. Actually, you can go online and sign up for that link uh, at our website. And through it all, we continued with our backpack ministry. In fact, our backpack ministry expanded to give 440 meals and countless gift cards and water as our schools face this uncertain crisis with COVID as well. Our drive through donations around COVID collected over 1,000 pounds of food. Now, that was according to Andre, who had to lift it also. It might have been like 10 pounds of food, but hey, uh, we'll take his word for it. You know, he's never been one to exaggerate or to be accurate either one, so... One of the things that our staff mentioned is that our staff is so thankful for the people of East Point. How you guys have remained faithful, how you guys have battled through this difficult season, how you guys have been willing to step up. And as somebody coming in new in August, that's something that I rejoice in as well. I'm very thankful to be here and to be serving you as a people. I love you guys. Uh, and man, you guys just continue to surprise me more and more. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll just share this as well. I got here this morning and there was like a, a packet, an envelope under my door. I don't know where it came from. Um, you know, and I, my rule is on Sunday mornings, don't open stuff like that because chances are like it's like a, <laughs> you know, some, you know, like a critique letter or something, which has never happened to me here, but it has happened to me other places. And, but I went ahead and opened it and, and it, was, it was like a gift for each of our staff members here. Um, and man, that just, man, that just warmed my heart. And I just thank you guys for how good you have been to us. Uh, in addition, our volunteers, we see new people filling new roles to help get us online. Uh, and while a lot of our ministries have had to take a, have had to take a pause for now, the reality is, is that we've had more and more people step up wanting to help. 
And so our elders and staff also led and pastored through a very difficult transition. This was not easy. And yet they held fast and stuck in there and, and kept on going. And we've seen that our giving is starting to stabilize. Now, we're nowhere out of the, out of the, out of the water yet, I guess you'd say here. Um, but basically what we saw, our fiscal year 20, 2020, which ended uh, in August of 2020, our, our offerings were about $100,000 short of expenses. That's what you call a really rough year, and that's okay. We were prepared for it, and our people, our elders, had been saving up in advance to make sure that we could have that. Uh, and there were some other things that happened in there with a payday protection loan that's forgivable, that was a godsend for us. Um, but from September on, we've roughly broken even, uh, and that's a good thing. We're, we're not up to where we need to be yet. There's some steps we need to take that I'll talk about. Um, but, but that has been a good. It, again, when you're in critical condition, it's, it, the next step is to stabilize. And I feel like that's what we've done, and that's, that's a good thing. Our Christmas Eve offering totaled $3,351. That's why I'm not a mathematician on there. Uh, we rejoice in that. And our children's youth and grow groups, and our, as well as crossover, have all adapted and figured out how to continue working throughout this COVID scenario. The next one on there, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we did get a new senior pastor as well. Um, he's kind of questionable, but his wife's really good looking. So, uh, and, uh, and one of the things that, uh, that, that I want to share with you today and that we're going to be spending the next six weeks looking at is that our elders, staff, and key volunteers back in November got together to say, hey, we need a fresh vision for East Point. We need that fresh vision for where we're at, for where God is leading us. And so we got together with the help of E2 elders and helped discern our vision, mission, and values as a church. And we're going to be going through those uh, today, but especially over the next six weeks. And so I just wanted to introduce you to our vision today that simply is only God can. Only God can. Dot, dot, dot on the end, of course. That's an ellipsis for those of you in the English world. Our scripture this morning is from Mark, the ninth chapter. And here's what's happened in Mark, the ninth chapter. Jesus has just told his disciples for the first time that he is going to die. They did not understand that in the least bit, so he went on to tell them a couple more times in the next few chapters here. Still didn't get it. But after Jesus told them he was going to die, he took kind of the core three, Peter, James, and John, up on a mountain to this event that's known as the Transfiguration. This is where they saw that Jesus wasn't merely an ordinary man, but that he indeed was God's son. Jesus was, you know, I don't know how to say, he was illuminated, uh, unveiled, however you want to say it. Like this was a big wow moment for Peter, James, and John. And just as Moses came down from the mountain... Remember when Moses came down from the mountain back in Exodus to a disobedient people, a people who were struggling? When Jesus comes down from the mountain after this big event, he sees that his disciples are struggling. The ones that didn't go with him, Peter, James, and John, they're struggling because they, up to this point in the book of Mark, had been going out uh, and casting out demons, no problem. Everything had been going good, but they come down and there's this demon they can't cast out. And this is a problem. And so Jesus sees what's going on, and it says in verse 17, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. 
Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the Spirit, but they could not. Here's the situation that is dire for this father. Would you agree? If, if you're a father and I'm in this situation, this is not good. You are panicking. You've been putting up with this. You've been trying to figure out. You love your son, and yet here he is possessed by a demon. Some of you say, I can relate. Here's Jesus' response. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. <laughs> this is not the Jesus we often think of, is it? How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. I like the fact that Jesus gets frustrated every once in a while and is not afraid to show it. Here he is as God's son trying to figure out, what in the world, how come they can't cast this demon out? So it says in verse 20, they brought the boy to him. And when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, I love this because Jesus doesn't seem to be panicked by this at all. I mean, he did create the heavens and the earth after all. He'd seen his fair share of spiritual warfare. He asked the boy's father, how long has it been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown us in him into the fire or water to try to kill him. And then the father, but if, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. <laughs> I love this. He's standing before the creator of the universe. And he says, but, but if, if, if you can do anything, would you have pity on us? And Jesus answers and he says, if you can Everything is possible for one who believes. So what does it take to become an only God can kind of people? If we're going to be the type of people that see what only God can do in the life of our church, what does that take? First of all, it takes a deepening faith. It takes a recognition that God can do things that we haven't seen done before. So often in the American church, we try to lead out of, well, what is it that we think we can accomplish? And honestly, it almost becomes, or it does become an idol oftentimes, because we see what we can do instead of what God can do. And I believe what we ought to be asking, instead of what can we do as a church, what can only God do in us as a church? Because that's what I want to see I don't just want to see a church that's known as being a really good church. I want to see a church where people look at it and they say, man, only God could have done something like that. When I see your lives, I don't just want to see you as morally good people. I want to see you marching forward and taking huge steps of faith that when people look at your life, they don't say, man, that's a good person. They look at that person, they look at you and they say, man, only God could have made that kind of turnaround in that person's life. Only God could do through that person what they're actually able to do as they love and they serve and they forgive. So the first thing that only God can kind of people is a deepening faith. What's the boy's father do? Verse 24, it says, Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, And wouldn't you too if this were your son? Immediately he exclaimed, I do believe. 
Help me overcome my unbelief. Now maybe that sounds like like a, a double negative or something to you. I do believe. Help my unbelief. But what we see there is that this is the honest truth of every one of us as a human being. We all want to believe. We have some type of belief in our lives. You probably wouldn't be here unless you had some type of belief. But you recognize there's a need to go even further. That your faith is not adequate as it is now. My faith is not adequate as it is now. And so we too, along with this Father, stand before Jesus and say, Jesus, we believe, but help our unbelief too. We've started to believe, but our belief needs to go beyond where it is now. And so we see that the second aspect of an only God can kind of people is that we have a growing recognition of our need for God. A growing recognition of our need for God. And I think we've seen that at East Point this past year. And and it's not just something that we see and we move on from, but what we want to do, the goal here is not to grow out of that as Christians. The goal is not to grow out of our dependence on God. It's a little bit reverse of parenting. Your goal as parents is that eventually your child will not be dependent upon you anymore, right? Eventually they will move out of your basement, right? Like those are all things that we want for our children. But when it comes to God, the reality is is that our dependence on Him does not need to shrink, but it needs to grow. We need to become more and more dependent upon Him because He is good, He is God, and He will do things in us and through us that are absolutely unbelievable. I believe, help my unbelief. Just as Scott was saying, God has given us the Holy Spirit. God has filled us with the same Spirit that was in Jesus Christ. I believe, help my unbelief. We need to have a growing recognition of our need from God. Then in verse 25, it says, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, Jesus wasn't trying to draw a crowd. He was actually trying to avoid the crowds in Mark. That's what we see happen over and over again. A little different than the TV preachers, huh? When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, He rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of Him and never enter Him again. And then it says in the text, the boy fell down. They thought he was dead. And people are like, did Jesus kill that kid? You know, well, that's not actually what happened. In verse 28 and 29, we see that after Jesus, that, that, that the Spirit came out of him, this little boy is healed. This dad is rejoicing. They saw something that only God could have done. It says in verse 28, after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? We've done this before. Jesus replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. The third thing that we see in an only God can kind of people is that we have an expanding dependence on prayer. Prayer is not something we do when we need to get out of trouble. Prayer is something that we do always because we recognize that we don't just want to do the type of things that we can do on our own. We want to be empowered by God to do the things that only God can do. And that doesn't just mean they're out there doing miracles and things like that. That's great. I'd love to see that. But it means we're doing things like reaching out to neighbors who seem to be rejecting the gospel. 
It means that we endure through trials. That we do not mourn as everyone else mourns at death, but we rejoice because of the hope we have at the resurrection. That's also a part of the only God can kind of life. So what we're going to do, and our elders decided that uh, instead of just having two elders meetings a month, what they're going to do is they're going to take care of business in one meeting, and then the other meeting, we're just opening up to be a prayer meeting. And so the first Tuesday of every month at 6.30 to 8, we do a prayer and leadership training. Uh, We basically spend 45 minutes in prayer and 45 minutes in some type of leadership training. From 6.30 to 8, uh, we have that uh, going on. We'd invite you to come and join us. Uh, we have it out in the foyer right now because we just love the idea of looking out and praying for our community. But if God's going to do something here, if God's going to do something that only He can do, it starts in prayer. It starts when His people say, God, we have God-sized challenges ahead of us. We have God-sized challenges ahead of us, but You have a God-sized vision for us. And when we have faith, when we say, God, we believe, help our unbelief, we believe that God will do a great work. So let me just go through some of the things here towards the end um, that, uh, as, as we wrap up this morning. Uh, our mission, vision, and values that we discussed, our vision is simply only God can. And we're going to be sharing a, a number of stories, and we'll see a few this morning as well, called 100 Word or Less Stories. You got that paper when you came in this morning. And we want to encourage you, tell a story of how God, only God could work in your life. How God worked in a way that only He can in a hundred words or less. Share that. You can actually do it online at our website. The web link is on there. You can turn it in through there. And we're going to be sharing these stories, not only here in person, but in video. um, And uh, be able to share with our people. It's going to be a great thing. You're going to see a lot of momentum build for it. We're excited. And then our mission and core values. Our mission is compelled by compassion, called to unity. We're going to talk about those the next two weeks and what that means for us to be compelled by compassion and called to unity. So I won't go into great detail here this morning. And then our core values that we'll be looking at over the next month here. Devoted to truth, daring to act, and developing one another. All of these things are rooted in that idea only God can. So what are our God-sized challenges in 2021? First, Continued healing, recovery, and preparation for this next ministry season. This is one of the biggest shifts that we've seen in churches in a long time due to COVID. And we're dealing with that in the middle of trying to to heal as a church as well. That is an only God can moment. Next, creating an only God can culture where prayer isn't just a part of the strategy, but it is the strategy. Did you hear that? Prayer is not something we just slap on the end to say, hey, well, we better pray about this. No, it starts, it it continues, and it ends in prayer. Next, we are preparing for an estimated fall relaunch strategy. We need to rebuild our teams uh, for what it looks like post-COVID. We need to start working on how we can reach our neighbors best in a post-COVID world. The, the end of COVID is coming. I have no idea when it is coming, but it is coming. And that's a good thing. And we need to prepare for what our church looks like as we move forward. And we need to start doing that yesterday. Next, we need to restart our many teams in preparation for our fall relaunch. We'll be talking about that in the coming week. We also need to figure out how in the world with our budget crisis we can hire a children's pastor. 
A children's pastor is not an option for a church of our size. We must invest in the next generation. It is critical for us to do so. And so the final thing we're asking for is financial provision. And we'll be talking about strategies for this over the coming weeks and months. Here's the deal. Right now, we are basically still on our construction loan with our new building. That means that we're paying the interest only on that. If we were to start paying principal on that, it would be about another, I think, thirteen, fourteen thousand a month, somewhere in that range. Uh, it, it is a huge obstacle. Because we're working with Christian Financial Resources, who has blessed us immensely, uh, they are working with us to hopefully be able to continue to carry on in that way for another year. We're praying that that will be the case. We'll still pay off the loan at the end of 20 years, just like it was drawn up. I just met with Kent Fillinger the other day to talk about how that looks. Uh, but this is a time where we need to say, hey, we've got a little bit of a window, but it's not a big window. It's one of those windows that the only way we can get through it is if only God can. I believe He can, but I also believe He's going to work through us to accomplish that. So what is our elders' priorities for 2021? Uh, one is deepen the level of biblical literacy and prayer at East Point. That is huge for us. We are building foundational things here. Again, like this is not just a boom, fix it, this is quick. This is not fast food, this is barbecue. We've got to let this marinate a little bit, okay? And we know it's going to be a lot better than fast food, right? And we've got to develop a three-year strategic plan to help guide us forward. E2 Elders is working with that as well as working on just some bylaw revision things uh, that will help us in order to function uh, more appropriately as a church. Uh, and then, obviously, our church restart in the fall and financial health. That is on there every time, I think, because that is everybody's priorities for how we can help get this church stabilized, and not only stabilized, but growing forward financially. So what are our only God can prayer priorities? I just want to encourage you with these five things at the end to pray through these five things. To pray through how it is, just keep this, you know, if you want to cut this off and put it on your refrigerator, put it on your mirror when you wake up in the morning, whatever it is, keep it in your Bible and pray for these things. Number one, and this is one of, one of my prayers that I haven't prayed enough, but it just, man, I, I, this is one that's really hit me. I want to see God provide for us in a way that best amazes us into action. Because the reality is, is God could, God could pay off our debt right now. God could help us do anything right now, but he doesn't work that way because we're not God's spoiled children. We're his disciplined children. And he wants to grow us. He's going to provide for us in a way that best amazes us into action. It probably is not going to be a bailout. If God sends us a million dollars tomorrow, we'll still cash that check. But my guess is, is that he's going to work in a way that calls us to a deeper level of prayer. Next, we pray for God to work upstream from us in calling team leaders and servants to step up into action as we prepare for this fall relaunch. And as you'll see next week, that doesn't just mean praying for other people, but it means when the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, we need to say, God, I'm willing. Next, we want God to work in the lives of our surrounding neighbors in a way that sees a dramatic growth in our relationship with them this year. I would love to see even just one come to Christ from our neighbors that surround us from many different nationalities and many different faiths. Next, I want to see God provide for people, our people, in radical ways with both health and jobs. This is one of our prayers for you guys. I know a lot of you have been in between for a long time. 
uh, where, where you've been looking for a different job, you've been looking for God to bless you, and we're praying for you that God would provide for you guys, that this would be a huge step of faith, but it wouldn't just be like more money in your pocket, but that it'd be a story where you see God's provision and recognize that only God could have done that. And finally, let us be a part of something we never could do on our own. That's an only God can thing for us. We don't just want to. That was something uh, Andre said in the staff meeting. And y'all know I pick on Andre all the time. Y'all know y'all pick on Andre all the time too. Um, uh, but we pick on him because he says genius things like this and we just got to keep him humble. But he, just, he said in staff meeting this week, man, I, just, I, I don't want to do something that we could do on our own. I want to do something that only God could have done. Man, that's our prayer for East Point. What is it that only God can do in your life? and in our life together. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're growing for. Uh, and so what we're going to do now uh, is we're actually going to have a, have, a, have a quick time of reflection where we hear some only God can stories. Some of these 100 word or less stories, or some of them might be slightly more, and that's okay. We're not going to do word counts because that, that's boring. Um, but we want you to share your story. And so um, oh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going we're to sing a song where we hear these stories that are shared. Let's pray together. God, we recognize that only you can do what you really want to do in our church, and that's a good thing. Lord, we recognize we can't do it on our own, but you know what? We can't save ourselves on our own, but you stepped into earth and saved us through Jesus Christ. We can't be transformed on our own, but you have given us the Holy Spirit to do that work of transformation in our lives. And so God, we stand here as your people saying, we believe, help our unbelief. We believe that you can do this, but yet we're still trying to figure out how may, we, may our faith increase through this, Lord. God, I pray that you don't just give us a bailout. I pray that you don't just give us a, a, a check. I pray that you just don't give us a clean bill of health, but I pray as we go through this time of, of spiritual therapy, of spiritual growth to become the people that you want us to become, that you would grow us deep in our faith, Lord. May we not be an unbelieving generation, but may we be a believing generation that's committed to seeing what only God can do, what only you can do in our lives, Father. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.